here, but it's so cold. <laughs> I'm from Thailand. We don't have this kind of weather. You know, when um, pastor asked me to talk about upgrading your purpose, that's something that is really near and dear to my heart. Because that's something that um, I think everybody does on a regular basis. You might not think so, but as you go through every life stage, you are supposed to upgrade your purpose. I remember when I was a little boy, like two or three years old, I wanted to be a soldier. And then when I got to be five years old, I wanted to be Batman. <laughs> and then when I got a little bit older, like third grade, I wanted to be a dentist. But then one day I read that dentists have the second highest rate of suicide in uh, among professionals at third grade. So I said, I don't want to be a dentist anymore. <laughs> okay? And so I decided I wanted to be a businessman. But in every life stage, you start to upgrade on what you want to be. Your purpose changes, right? When you're in high school, you want to be something. But then when you go to college, you want to be something else. Then when you get married, you want to be something else again. And then when you get married and then you have kids, you, now you have a different purpose again. So your purpose continues to change depending on where you are in your life. But guess what? You are always changing. So that means that your purpose is always changing. And so if you look at purpose as a final end destination sometimes, you might get disappointed because you are thinking, well, I just hit that. But then you realize, wow, there's another thing, and there's another thing, and there's another thing, right? So you have to understand that your purpose, your upgrade is always changing. And, and that's a hard thing because we don't like change. I mean, really, that's, that's the key. That's why so many people, they say, what's my purpose? What am I doing? Where am I going? What am I called to do? It's because they don't realize that your purpose is continually being upgraded, okay? And, and because we don't like change, sometimes we fight it. I know that's why I love my son so much because he knows all about electronics. So when I don't know what to do, I just say, son, can you fix this for me, <laughs> right? And I have friends that they don't like every time there's a new upgrade or a new operating system that you have to add to Windows or to your Mac. They're like, why do they have to change everything? I can't find anything anymore because we don't like change. But, but here's the reality. Jesus said, or the Bible says that Jesus is the same, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. But we as Christians, if we're supposed to be like Jesus, who's perfect, who never changes, guess what? What does that mean for us? That means that we have to change. The DNA of a Christian is that you have to allow yourself to understand that that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to change on a regular basis. I'm supposed to grow. I'm supposed to be something more than what I am right now. And so when we talk about upgrading your purpose, you're really talking about just changing on a regular basis. Now, not all change is productive, okay? So let's just get that out of the way. Because if you want to change your spouse, that's not good. 
okay? So not all change is productive, but we're talking about change to your destiny, not your destiny, but your purpose, okay? We have to learn how to change, but change is not linear, okay? So you can't expect your change just to go straight up like this. We live in seasons. That's why right now I'm wearing a jacket, but I wouldn't wear it in summer. Why? Because there's different seasons. And in the Bible, it talks about having different seasons. You know, a season of war, a season of peace, a season for harvesting, a season for sowing. There's all different kinds of seasons. And if you're doing things the same all the time, in every different season, guess what? It's not going to work well for you. Okay? You don't want to wear this kind of stuff in summer. It just doesn't work. I mean, you can, but it's not going to work well, real well for you guys. So you have to understand that as a Christian, we all go through seasons. But your season is different from somebody else's season. So you can't look at someone else and say, I'm going to copy that person all the time. Because maybe they're in a different season in their life. So you have to change all the time. You have to recognize the season that you're in. Okay? And for a lot of people, they're like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's, that's a lot to, to understand. That's a lot to do. That's why people don't a lot of times recognize what they're supposed to do. Because there's so many things that you have to take into account. Okay? But I'm going to talk about two different seasons for Christians that everybody goes through. I mean, there's a lot of different seasons. But there are two seasons that I want to talk to you about that I have been going through and I've been recognizing and it really helps my life because this happens on a regular basis because change happens on a regular basis. The two seasons are mountaintop experiences and valley experiences, okay? When you're on the mountaintop, that's when you shout glory and then you like everything and you're experiencing victory and everything is perfect and you're getting all these accolades and your life is just good. It's great. But most of life, when you live on the mountaintop experience, what God is doing right there, he just wants you to experience his goodness. He doesn't want you to uh, dive back in and, and try to figure everything out. All he wants you to do is just sit back and experience his goodness. Just enjoy it. Okay? But on the mountaintop, really, on on very, very tall mountain peaks like Mount Everest, nothing grows. Okay? It's desolate. Life does not really exist on the high mountaintop. Okay? It's a time that you experience victory. Just like when you climb Mount Everest, it's a, it's a great accomplishment. You see, a, you're at the top of the world. You see everything, right? And it's glorious. But you can't live up there. You cannot. You have to come down back into the other experience, which is the valley. And, and a lot of us, we don't like valleys, right? But do you know what? That's where all the life is. All the water comes from the mountaintops and runs into the valleys. We plant everything in the valleys. All the work is in the valleys. All the challenges are in the valleys. Okay, so you have mountaintop experiences, and you have valley experiences. 
but you're working in the valley so that you can get back on the mountaintop. So the key is really how do you do life in the valleys? Because that's where it's that's where the rubber meets the road. How do you do life in the valleys? Okay? And and most of the time in the valleys, that's when you have a lot of work. That's when you have the challenges. That's when you have the problems. And that's where we're always saying, how do we do this? Because that's the question I ask all the time, too. Like, God, I, I don't really like the valleys that much. But then God started to show me something. He said, if I'm good all the time, and he is, then I'm that he is good just as much on the mountaintop as he is in the valleys. So how is it that he's good when I'm having problems? How is it that he's good when there are challenges? How is it he's good when I'm struggling and I'm feeling alone and nobody understands me? How is it that he's good at those times? How is it good that I'm in the valley? And what you have to understand is, it's because you're looking at it from a long way. I was looking at it from a long way. I, I read in, in Job. It's, it's a book in the Bible where there's this guy. His name is Job, not Job, Job, okay? And, and one day, you know, Satan comes into, into the courts of heaven, and he starts to talk to the Lord, and he says, look at your servant Job. He, he has everything. But if you let me have a piece of him, that guy is going to just fold. And the Lord tells him, that's my servant. He's awesome. And you can do anything to him because I have full confidence that he's going to come through. Okay, that's the paraphrase. Okay? But that's what's really happening. God actually brags on Job. And he says to Satan, do whatever you can. Because my man Job, he going to beat you. God is bragging on Job, and he says, you can do anything to him. When you are going through trials and tribulations and having struggles, do you know what's really happening here? God sees that you are an overcomer. He doesn't put you into a situation where you cannot be victorious. And so God says, you're ready. You're ready for the challenge. And so he says, have at it. So when you're getting attacked, when you're feeling, you know, troubled, when you're having challenges, all that is is God is just saying, you are ready for this. I guarantee you that you can be victorious in this. I guarantee you that you are ready because I prepared you. You might not feel like it, but that's what's happening. And he's fully confident that you can overcome. So God is bragging on you. So you have to start to think, if I'm going through this and God allows this to happen, then that means it's a test. It's a challenge so that I can go to the next level. So what is supposed to happen when this happens? What God is trying to tell you, he tries to tell me, is less. when you're in a challenge, you got to go deep. You have to go and ask him, what do I do in this situation? How do I overcome? Because only in the times of challenge will you find the deep secrets. Because that's the only time that you really press in. God is saying, can you press in 
and can you learn from me what you need to do? And that's all he's trying to do. He's just trying to get your attention. But most of us say, help! And we don't press in. And we don't ask him. And so a lot of times, we, we just wallow in, in, in the challenge. But what God is trying to do is say, press in, press in. Learn what I need to tell you so you can be victorious. And then you can go back to the mountaintop. Okay? But a lot of times, we press in, but it's very hard to hear the Lord. Because that's probably one of the biggest problems that people have. They will come to me and they go, I can't hear God. And you know what? That's something that a lot of people say. They say that all the time. I can't hear God. But the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. A lot of times, the reason why we cannot hear God is because we're not tuning in correctly. One of it is, it's a, it's a matter of semantics. You know, when you say, hear God, most people think, oh, that's going to be the audible voice of God. But I've, I've asked this many, many times, and I've asked it in many congregations, and I've said to the entire congregation, how many of you have ever heard the audible voice of God? And in all the times that I've asked it, there's only been one person that has actually raised their hand. So the audible voice of God, although it can happen, it's, it's, it's not something that he does most of the time. There are other ways that he talks to you, okay? Just like when you read your Bible, what happens? Sometimes the pages jump out at you, and you feel in your heart, oh, that's the answer. Well, that's him talking to you. Or sometimes you hear a pastor preaching a message, and oh, that's, that's the message. That's for me. That's God talking to you. It's not necessarily an audible voice. But in order for you to get that feeling of, oh, God is talking to my heart directly, you have to be on the right channel. Okay? And, and so many times, we're not. So many times, I'm not. And, and I learned this recently. I learned, you, have you ever heard of blind rage? When you get mad, you get so angry that you don't think logically. You, you know, everybody's saying, hey, that, that's not logical, but you're so filled with rage that it blinds you from everything else, right? Well, do you know that there's another language just like that in your emotions that actually opens up your ability to hear God? It's true. And... I have a short clip, and hopefully it works, because I know they said sometimes our video doesn't work, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, very confident that today it's going to work. Okay, so if you could play that first video, and let's see. Thank you, Jesus, for the video. Oh, no, the other one, the other one. It's the, that one. And so here's what I got. I'm going to take it out of the box, and I can't wait to show you. Okay, I'm in a parking lot and people are literally looking at me like crazy. I don't even care. Okay, so here it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It may be a little tight. It may be tight on me. I gotta undo it just a little bit. Hold on. 
Huh? Stay patient, people. Stay patient. This is going to be worth it. I promise. Maybe not. Maybe not. But <laughs> it's worth it to me. And I had to share with my friends on the internet webs. So here's what... <laughs> Patient, patient. All right, we're doing good. Doing good. Okay, so this is what I got. Once again, this is for me, not for Duncan, not for Cadence. I mean, I'll let them play with it. I'm not a bad mom. I'm not a jerk. But in all honesty, at the end of the day, it doesn't go in their toy box. It goes in my room. So here we go. I got to take off my glasses for it. <laughs> oh, naturally. Okay, here we go. So, yes! Now watch when my mouth actually moves. <laughs> That's not me making that noise, it's the mask! Here, listen. Okay, that is a lady called Candace Kane. And the reason why I showed it to you, well, it's funny, but do you know when she posted that, that the very next day after she posted it, she found out that there were 20 million views on that. 20 million views in one day. And by the end of the year, there was over 160 million views of that one video on YouTube. It's the number one most viewed video in 24 hours. It, it holds the record. It's the Guinness World Book of Records. And you know what? It's all about joy. So many people, they, they gravitate towards that because of joy. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Do you know that joy is one of the characteristics of God? It's his nature. 
Okay? And when you are filled with joy, guess what happens? Your ability to hear his voice becomes crystal clear. Because you are practicing his nature. So just like how blind rage helps you not to see things logically, do you know what happens when you start to function in joy? Joy starts to open up your heart so that you can hear what God is trying to say to you. So instead of looking at every situation as a grump and say, why is this happening to me? If you can flip it around and you can start to walk in joy in your heart, guess what happens? God starts to show you what you need to do. Now, joy is a sacrifice. That's what the Bible says, that we bring the sacrifice of joy. So it has to cost you something sometimes to walk in joy. You know, I was listening to K-Love, which is a radio station here in L.A., and it, he, I heard something, and it kind of like bothered me a little bit because it said that um, on average, the average person does five random uh, acts of kindness per month. Can you believe that? Five per month. I was like, really? And they said the, the number one and two things that were listed as random acts of kindness was that you open the door for someone or you tell someone um, directions. And I thought, you only do that five times a month? Here's the thing. When you are being joyful, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about others. You're going out and you're trying to be a blessing to others. So in this season, as you're trying to upgrade your purpose, all you have to do is just do a couple of simple things. One is walk in joy. Be a blessing to others. Can you think right now some of the things that you could do for your neighbor, for your classmate, for your coworker, for your friend, for your spouse? How can you show random acts of kindness? How can you bring joy into their life? And, and it's not just, oh, let's just do it once. Let's do it every day. You know, I was telling some people how to reach their neighbors. I, I was telling them, don't, don't just bring them cookies on Christmas because everybody expects something on Christmas. But what happens if you bring cookies to your neighbors like every week? Well, what would your neighbor think about you if you brought them cookies every week? Pretty soon, they'd be like, why, why are you doing this? And you just say, because I like you. Well, what would happen to your neighbor? Pretty soon, they would be your friend. Pretty soon, they would start to like you. Pretty soon, you could invite them to church, and they would come. Why? Just because you brought them cookies every week. How about your coworker? What if you said something nice to them every day? You, you see, joy is a sacrifice. But when you sacrifice and you give joy, when you're doing the nature of God, all of a sudden, God will open your ears, he'll open your mind, and he'll start to tell you more and more things of what to do. But he wants to make sure first that you're helping others because your purpose in life is always tied to helping others. So if you want to upgrade your purpose, you have to upgrade your service. And your service is how to be joyful. 
how to be a blessing to others. That it's, it's simple. And as you continue to do that, he that is greatest among you, let him be servant of all. Right? So all we have to do is just be a servant. Let's be joyful. Let's be servants. Let's bless people. And as you do this more and more and more to everyone that you come in contact with, guess what? All of a sudden, your purpose is going to be expanded. You're going to start to see things in a different way. Okay, but there's one more thing that you can do to grow in joy. And we're going to close with this. You see, sometimes you, you have to manufacture joy in your heart. I mean, I literally have to force myself to be joyful sometimes. And do you know how I do that? You can ask my son and my wife because they don't like it sometimes. I, I worship God and I sing. And I sing loud. And I don't have a good voice. You can ask them. They're like, my son is like, Dad, you have to sing that loud. You, you're throwing me off in church. I can't, I, I can't you, you don't even sing on cue. But it's true. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Do you know why? Because I'm singing to an audience of one. I'm just singing to him. I'm not singing for anybody else. I'm not doing that for anybody else. I'm just doing it for him. And it's nice to do it while you're in church, but guess what? You could do it every single day. You could do it in your car driving to work. You could do it at home. You can do it wherever you are. But when you sing with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength, and you worship God, something happens. Joy fills your heart. Joy fills your heart. It absolutely does. And, and some people, they might be like, don't, don't do that less. But, but it's not about them. It's about you and him. You see, we're to love God and we're to love people. And, and that's all I'm telling you today. You want to fulfill, you fulfill your purpose and elevate your purpose? Love God, love people. And so I want to show you this last clip. And it's about how even animals respond to music. You know what can be found Living all alone And all around Oh, please Don't be cool For all that's true Yo, baby, I've been too bad Something I might have said I don't want no other love. Maybe it's just.
see, when you worship with all your heart, that's what you look like. <laughs> it, it gets a little bit crazy. You know, but the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So when you worship with all your heart, all of a sudden he comes and you feel his presence. And then he whispers in your ear and he tells you the things you need for your life. But it, it, it doesn't happen in any other way. God desires us to come to him. But you're going to have to be, you have to make a choice. Which bird you're going to be? <laughs> you got to make a choice. Which bird are you going to be? Right? Sometimes it looks a little bit unsettled. But the thing is, is you don't have to be crazy like that. All you have to do is say, do I worship God? Do I sing to him? Do I love him with all my heart every single day until it feels like I'm in his presence? That's all it is. It's feeling that I'm in his presence. Because when you walk and you talk with God, then God starts to reveal things to you that you need to overcome your issues. And then you get the upgrade to upgrade your purpose. What Can I just pray for you real quick? Father, I just thank you so much for this congregation. And I know that there are many, many great people here. And that you desire them to be used in greater ways. Father, I just pray that you would just fill their hearts and their lives with joy. That you would open their ears, open their hearts, open their eyes. That they might see like you see. That they might act as you act, that they might touch as you touch. Father, that we might be the lights that are set on a hill that cannot be hid, that we would bring joy to the world because you have come. Father, we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.